Hello and welcome to The Dirt, a bite-sized loam podcast where we answer some of the burning questions that we get on a daily basis from grain growers about how to improve soil health and why soil carbon is such an important part of your soil. I'm Dan Reid, Grower Comms and Extension Manager at Loam. The purpose of this podcast is to answer the common questions that we get when we talk to farmers. Please give us a follow on socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn and send any questions through and we'll do our best to answer them in the next show. As always, Loam recommends you getting advice from your own agronomists and financial advisors. Hello and welcome to The Dirt. In today's episode, we'll cover steps in a second crop carbon project, the ins and outs of what a grower needs to know in 15 minutes. This episode will cover feasibility survey, meet with Loam to answer any questions growers have, mapping, eligible land management activities, land management strategy, contracting, project registration with the Clean Energy Regulator, baseline soil sampling, farm emissions profile, and the first round of sampling and crediting. Today we're going to chat to Carbon Project's lead, Torben Heinzel. So welcome, Torben, and can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up at Loam? Yeah, so my background's in civil engineering. I'm now the Carbon Project uh, manager here at, uh, here at Loam, and I come from a fourth-generation uh, farm central west new south wales so we're running a cow calf um, grazing operation yeah very very excited to be participating in uh, carbon projects here at loam yeah very good all right well we'll dive right in yeah so what is the first step in a soil carbon project so uh yeah growers will be filling out our second crop feasibility survey which essentially uh, enables the team here at loam to assess the growers potential for a carbon project and offering a tailored uh, approach to running a project with the grower. Yeah, and that t- survey takes, yeah, like five or six minutes. Pretty, pretty just like basic information to start off with. Yeah, 100% uh, ready. Yeah, it's, it gives gives a team and a carbon agronomists a quick overview of the, of the grower's uh, situation, cropping area, region, rainfall, and just some key information that can best uh, inform us on, on, the, on the best approach and uh, guide us in how best to... Uh, yeah, so then that's that's assessed, and then a, a meeting set up with Loam to um to sort of dive in further and and to talk about suitability, just to get ask any questions, I guess, and find out a little bit more about how suitable their their land is for for a project. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it just sort of it paints a picture, and then from there leads to to further discussion on how uh, how we at Loam here can um and tailor our, our project offerings to the growers' needs and what eligible practices we can be incorporating for best uh, high-performing carbon uh, project results. And from there, we, we go on to uh, the next next sort of phase of the of the program, which is uh, centred around gathering of, of, of detailed project information, um, in particular boundaries of the project site. So we'll be collecting uh, lot DP numbers. Uh, these can be found on your rates notices. Yep, deposited um, plan numbers. Yeah, yep. correct, deposited plan numbers. We can produce a boundary of the project and go through potential areas that may be excluded. So timber areas, hill, anything that's not going to be part of the project or we can't be doing our new and additional practice change on will become exclusion areas. So within a project, you also have things called a carbon estimation area or referred to as CEA. And often these are assigned, we must have at least one, and these are assigned to areas within a, where a practice change is, is being implemented. So for instance, if you have some dry land and some irrigated irrigated cropping 
may become two different CEAs, particularly, yep. well, especially if you're doing a new and additional practice change yeah. on each of those areas. Yep. And then for every carbon estimation area we have, uh, we will require at least three strata. Yep. So strata are like-for-like -like areas uh, of similar carbon build or carbon storage potential. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really important we've got some really accurate strata for the for matching the soil type and I guess uh, crop growing potential for biomass. Yeah. Uh, as accurately as we can, we use software like you just touched on. We're using utilizing um, FarmLab to do this. Yep. Uh, and other satellite uh, technologies to get the most efficient representation of where the best carbon build uh, areas are. Yep. Because the way the way these strata work. We have randomized points, minimum three per strata, and then every every time we come back and do uh, resampling after baseline, these samples are re-randomized. However, only within the strata that within we the strata. Uh, within the strata. Yeah. So, for best result and to reduce our variance, the tool in our toolkit is having really accurate, really accurate strata, so yeah. we can get the best best carbon build without uh, paying a um, paying a tax almost to uh, to variance as variance is. Um, is deducted. There's yep. a there's a there's a factor there where, where variance is deducted from from yep. uh, from credits. Okay, so the land management strategy obviously a very important part. Yeah, not not directly involved with yourself, more with the uh, the carbon agronomist at Loam. But yeah, that's that's the farmer and the consulting agronomist and and, and Loam carbon agronomist sort of working out the uh, the land management strategy for the project and and I guess demonstrating newness by choosing that activity. Yeah, that's uh, right, Reedy. So from the um, the eligible land management activities under the methodology, the uh, emissions reduction fund (ERF) methodology, um, there's a drop-down list of eligible new and additional practice changes. New meaning they can't be management uh, practices that the grower is already uh, utilising, and they have to be within the drop-down criteria that the uh, emissions reduction fund uh, methodology has given us. Some of these include uh, legume in a rotation, uh, cover crops, uh, intercrops with, with legumes, zero till activities. So really looking to, to select which of these new practices that aren't already being used by the grower yep. are the best um, for your system and incorporating them into the land management strategy, the LMS. Yeah, cool. And so, so after the, the, yeah, the land management strategy is put together, um, we move on to a contract with Lime. So we have a few different uh, project offerings. We're just working with the grower to to determine which which suits them best, um, and this is where our project officers collecting um, some administration uh, paperwork, and then the project can be registered uh, once once the LMS is is, is complete. Complete yeah. after project registration, we're looking to do the uh, soil baseline. So Loam's um, carbon technical officers and, and and project officers will come out with uh, with a coring rig or two. And we'll be collecting um, our soil cores for for your project's baseline. Yeah. Okay. And and the number of cores depends on the, the soil type and different areas will be different depending on yeah particularly soil type variability in the soil. Yep. So uh, for instance, floodplain country that might be a bit more uniform. We're looking to do we could could be doing less cores than, than somewhere that's a bit more variable where you yep. sort of got some red country and a bit of hill. Yeah. Uh, looking to do looking to do more trying to get around that variance that variance piece. Yeah. It's it's a it's a trade off between uh, more cores because the more cores you do the, the higher the accuracy and then the cost per core because yeah, there's a yep. cost associated with coring yep. uh, laboratory testing so looking at that real uh, point where those where those lines intersect 
yeah. uh, is what we're trying to achieve. So trying to get the uh, most efficiency out of the optimal amount of cores that we need for, for site-specific projects. So every every project's different. There's, yeah. there's no real hard and fast number. Uh, yeah. The only real requirement is a minimum of nine cores. Yeah, minimum. Yeah. So we're looking at uh, one CEA uh, minimum requirement per project. Yeah. And you must have three strata per CEA, and then you must have three three or more cores per uh, per strata, so a minimum of nine cores in a project. Yeah. However, uh, typically we'd be seeing much more than nine yeah. um, to really um, mitigate the risk of, of high variance. Cool. And then and then the soil's tested for carbon with the Leco machine, and there's a calculation that's done yet to get the baseline, and then T1 first round of sampling? Yeah. So samples once once cored uh, by Loam's coring fleets are taken off for analysis, so combustion analysis in a Leco machine. So samples are incinerated at, um, oh, you're testing me here already, but I think it's anywhere between 1,100 and 1,500 uh, degrees Celsius. They come out glowing, the the, the ceramic, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're called boats, little ceramic vessels. CO2 is measured, measured from that and backwards calculated to, to work out how much carbon uh, is in the soil called carbon stocks. So we're looking at bulk density um, calculated from the volume of the, of the core. Yep. So we're working out how much carbon is in uh, the soil per hectare, and from that we times it by a factor of 3.67 to, to work out how many how much CO2e is, is in the ground that's been sequestered, and we're paid on uh, tonnes of carbon dioxide, not tonnes of carbon. Yep. Yeah, okay. And we'll put those calculations in the, in the notes of the pod as well. So just just uh, if it doesn't make sense as we're talking about it, you can um, yeah, you can have a look at those calculations there. So yeah, so there's a baseline and then farm emissions profile. That's an important part of uh, of the process. Yeah. So when starting a, a project, we're really looking at your five year baseline greenhouse gas information. So it's important to, to have this information on hand for the last five years of of operation uh, in your in your farming business, as it's 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 what's benchmarked against for the rest of the project. So throughout the project, your emissions are calculated, and if we're producing more emissions than your your five year baseline of of emissions at project start, then the difference is subtracted from your overall CO two sequestered or your or your credits. And so this includes irrigation, fertilizer, crop residue, livestock, fuel. Tillage, lime, all yeah, those things. Yeah, fer- fertilizer. Yeah, all all of your inputs that produce greenhouse gas. So the be- the best way is is keeping uh, keeping good records, um, absolutely, and also records throughout the project. Like Lone will sit down with your agronomist and mm. the farmer and really take a look back and get those numbers as yep. accurate as possible. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Because it's important to have accurate numbers for that for that GHG baseline. Yep, correct. Okay, cool. So after the baseline is sorted and the land management strategy is put into action, farmers then farm, do what they do. Then in one to five years, the T1 round of sampling or the sampling to work out carbon build and be credited with ACUs is then completed? That's, that's right, um, Dan. So sampling needs to be conducted every one to five years. So no sooner than one year, but no later than five years. Yep. Um, that, that too is a trade-off with cost. So the more sampling periods there are, the higher the cost. And projects will be specific in terms of what the season was like, biomass created, yep. how much of our carbon builder products going on, and a few other factors to determine when the optimal point is to collect, uh, to collect credits. 
Yeah. Yep. And then, yeah, then they're credited. Yeah. Then you've got, you've got your accused to do as you wish with them. You can hold on to them. You can sell them. You can, you can do whatever you and your advisors please. Yeah. Look, inset them. Absolutely. So we're dealing with a new commodity here. Uh, credits will be issued to the, uh, the project proponent. So the project proponent is the, uh, the entity that owns, owns the project. Loam can, Loam, um, offers to be the proponent. Uh, it doesn't always have to be. But um, it's a it's a way a mitigation of, of risk for growers too because the the uh, entity that's the project proponent owns essentially owns the risk. So if any credits would be paid back, uh, it's the project proponent that has to facilitate that. Yeah. And also the administration burden sits with sits with the uh, with the project proponent. Yeah. Um, and then there's that T1 round of sampling, and then it's just ongoing for 25 years. You, you use the term before uh, rinse and repeat, but there is obviously tweaks to the land management strategy and as time goes on, there'll be everything's revisited and re-evaluated. So the project is ongoing and, and small tweaks and changes made to it as according to the years and what's happening out in the paddock. The LMS is reviewed um, throughout this process as particularly if there's any changes required. LMS is updated. That's handled with our carbon project, our, uh, carbon agronomists and facilitated with the, uh, with the grower. Well, I think that's a pretty good snapshot. Um, soil carbon projects can be, there's a lot of, you know, moving pieces. There's a lot of new words. There's a lot of things to sort of go over and a lot of information and, and different processes. But I think that's a pretty good rundown with, you know, in 10 or 15 minutes that we've been able to give a clear picture of, of the steps involved in registering for and participating in a soil carbon project. Yeah. Look, thanks for having me, Reedy. And I think, um, there's one message, message I can sort of uh, leave with. Loam's doing uh, carbon projects end-to-end, and I think a big part of the value that we bring to growers doing projects with us is uh, not just through our, our carbon builder uh, products, which is where we're trying to help, help build help build more carbon in your system. It's also end-to-end project delivery where we're looking to take away that administration burden, uh, crossing the T's and dotting the I's, keeping the projects on track. No worries. Well, thanks for the chat today. I know we could probably sit here and talk about the ins and outs of it all day. Look forward to our next chat. Yeah, no worries. Ready? Anytime. So please hit subscribe to this podcast if you found today's episode useful for yourself or for someone else. Send it on to them. Thanks for listening and have a great day.